Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before. He's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high-rise in beautiful Beverly Hills adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign, this is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, Mark McGrath is the singer of Sugar Ray and the host of Mark McGrath's 120 Heard Weekends on the 90s on 9 here on Sirius XM. Meanwhile, Matt Eisman is a comedian, the host of American Ninja Warrior, which enters its ninth season later this year on NBC, and at least as of this taping, a man who is still standing on Celebrity Apprentice. <laughs> Hello, John. Nice Good one. caveat. That's all you can hope for, yeah, still absolutely. standing. That's a tough... I'm still standing. Sorry, going to take yeah, it back yeah, to the yeah. 90s. Oh, my God. That's the 80s, actually. Was that 80s? Oh, John, yeah, I'm oh still standing. God. Remember the video with Bruno... Who was Bruno? Remember the guy in Little Speedos dancing around? In oh, the, yeah. I'm still standing. That is Bruno, the judge from uh, Dancing with the Stars. Bruno Tagnoli. Bruno Tagnoli. No, you're kidding. That's him. Wow. Three time rock and roll Jeopardy that, for a reason, that's Matt. That's amazing. Reason. Dude, Celebrity, uh, celebrity Apprentice. One of the hardest. Oh, sorry, by the way. Totally. I don't right. you have, have at it. We're just hanging out here. I will just say that you are also an alumnus of Celebrity A Apprentice. survivor. Yeah, I, I was not a survivor. My, my kind of thing ended kind of strangely where I was in a boardroom with uh, now President Donald Trump. Isn't that weird? Uh, Gary Busey and myself. And one of the three of us is a president of the United States right now. And one of us lost in a battle of wits to Gary Busey. <laughs> And that was me. I got sent home in a battle of wits with Gary Busey. By the way, Gary Busey thinks he's the president of the United oh States right now. Oh, my God, does he ever. Fear, <laughs> farts, uncontrollably coming out of here and all, all his little colloquialisms. But uh, Gary Busey, I always say, is a great kind of trainer for, for having kids. He's the most <laughs> fun guy in the world for six hours. Right. Then you go, get me out oh of here. Get God. this guy out of here. That's apprentice in a nutshell. Yeah, exactly. So my, my celebrity apprentice uh, experience was incredible, fun. One of the hardest things I've ever did. Now, I don't know about you, yes. but I don't think people, you know, people see, you know, uh, quote unquote celebrities in a reality show and they think, oh, they're probably pampered and blah, blah, blah. Yes, you do stay up to Trump International, but you spend about two hours in your room, yeah. especially if you're getting as far as and well as you're doing. You know, it is a tough show. And what they do is they deprive you of sleep, food, yep. uh, other people, interaction. And, and you're doing the one thing that I suck at doing, asking people for money every day. Yeah. So it wore me out, you know, and that's when you get the meatloaf and Gary Busey fights and the, <laughs> And you know, and all the stuff you've I seen. would do anything <laughs> for money. Uh, no, it, it, yeah, man, you nailed I, it, though. You nailed it. For for me, it, it's hard to describe because people see a show, and now our, our ours, you know, we've gotten condensed because it's two tasks in two hours, so right. an hour long, and we would shoot. You know, you're shooting for two days nonstop, starting at you're on camera, ready to go at seven a.m. That's right, and go until about nine or ten p.m. But you don't. When you're done, you can't stop thinking. Your mind is racing. What did I miss? What What's going to get criticized? Who's going to attack me? And then you go, you present, you're in the boardroom defending yourself, and then you go to bed and you wake up and you start it all over again. And then, you know, and, and you overcome these giant projects, like put together a donut shop and sell donuts and raise lots of money. And like something that you would take a year to do, yeah. a charity event. You're doing it, and then, you know what your prize is if you keep going? You get to do it the next day yeah. again. So it is a brutal game, but 
but that's why it's 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 so successful. And you know, Mark Burnett knows how to make he some does. TV. But and I would say at the same time, it was incredibly satisfying and challenging to feel like you're 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 yeah. drawing on skills and and I think. Uh, the, the feeling of accomplishment, of, of surviving there yes. and getting through and pulling a task together, it, it was a remarkable learning event. That's really well said, Matt, because they don't give you the rule book of how to do it. You just start no. get going with, you know, celebrities and egos and you make it happen. Oh, God. You, know, you, think, you think it's a laid out task. You know, you're like, it's character building, if you will. It really is. Are sure. all the other uh, contestants as sincerely into the tasks as you guys no. are? No. Oh, I'm sorry, Matt. No, I, no, I, no. I, no. I, I, I think it's, it's di- again... What all of them described it as a life-changing experience. Here's what I would say that's different is I think every season was unique. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how it was for you, Mark, but for me, walking into it, I mean, we had a new boss, too, which I think was another sort of confounding variable. But walking in, I knew who everyone was, but I didn't know any of them. I'd never worked with anyone. I had no idea what to expect. And, you know, you don't know how the show works other than having seen it on TV. Right. But you don't know what the day-to-day logistics are going to be. You don't know. You know, I've been in reality TV for over a decade, and I know there are varying degrees of reality. Sure. And this show, like you said, here's the task. A brand is really offering up the, the keys to their brand to you, which is an awesome responsibility, but they want... They really want you to come up with a project. So it was amazing. It, like, you just have to get creative. Yeah. So I, I, I have to ask each of you guys, Matt, uh, having spent a little bit of time now um, around Arnold Schwarzenegger, how, what do you make of him as a leader? But for the fact that he obviously cannot be elected president, if, <laughs> if, if he were eligible to be elected president, do you get the impression he's a guy who would be— Well, so having watched the show, I, I think that there is a distinctly different management style for Schwarzenegger. And I think for for us as the celebs competing on there, he was a little bit more direct what he wanted. I just felt like the previous boss kept you guys on your toes as to what he was looking for and when he would fire you, when laying, when being, you know, taking the risk being the product manager would keep you safe and when it would just sink you. Yeah, I, I think that's well said. I mean, there, there, I mean, when you saw Mr. Trump, I still can't not call him Mr. Trump. Right. I mean, it, it just out of reverence for the man, because there, there was sort of this like the president is walking in back then, even, you know, this mystery surrounding him. And like you could tell he was going to be in the room before he was in the room. And there was a <laughs> yeah. real presence to him. Hey, he's got a vibe. Nobody's he's got a vibe. Nobody's yeah. denying. And then that. he had the, the loveliest kids I've ever met in my life. I mean, you know, you can always judge, a, you know, a, a, a character by someone's children. Ivanka and, and Donald and, and Eric, they, they were just world class human beings. Yeah. Dee Snyder said the same thing. Yeah. Do you feel like. Mike, because people have a lot of opinions about Donald Trump, but I think one thing almost everybody can agree on is he uh, is p- fairly inscrutable. We don't really know what to expect from him and, or, or, or how he's even going to go about governing. Do you feel like watching the, the various headlines that pop up several times a day on CNN that you go, oh, I, I kind of get his method here in a way that the average public maybe isn't getting? Well, that's it's so new, Tully. Yeah. You know, it's hard for me to lay down my thoughts on what's going on because every day something happens that blows me away. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I don't know if it's just a, a effect of Trump being president or a sign of the times. Uh, you know, I, I he, he's got a massive, massive, massive ego. You know, and that that I mean, he's about branding. I think when he entered the presidential race, the last guy who thought he was going to win the presidency <laughs> was Donald Trump. <laughs> you, still think, you still think that he's into brand building? That's what he does. He just doubled the uh, initiation fee at Mar-a-Lago from a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand dollars today. So he, he's brand building. Well, why he he's didn't? The he's completely divested. Oh, from and his everything businesses. exactly, Matt. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. You know, so I, I I see a lot in him. 
and uh, and what I saw in Celebrity Apprentice, but it, it, the stakes are so much higher now. You know, I think people are looking at Donald Trump like, well, it's a guy I know, it's a celebrity, I enjoy watching him, and now he's elevated to a position, and I, I want the best for this country. You mm-hmm. know, that, that's that's where I stand. Of course. And, and I hope he does well, and I, I mean, and uh, I think the jury's still out, but I do see, I, I, I see the ego being uh, manifested in the position. Does that make sense? Yeah, as democratic as possible. Of, right. of course, yeah. That's that's plenty democratic, and we can we can move on. As a matter of fact, Matt, I think you and I have something in common. I think if I understood your so- your social media correctly, I think you and I were both at Brendan Byrne Arena when Feel Mo- Good Tour, Mo- Motley Crue, yes. Doctor <laughs> Feel Good Tour, the Nasty Habits. So literally, yeah, the I'm backup s- singers. The yeah. worst problem, the worst one of my worst or best traits. I'm a very enthusiastic guy, and I can't help but be a fanboy. So it was probably 17 minutes into meeting Vince Neil, and I'm like. I saw you at the Brendan Byrne Arena on the Feel Good Tour, Vince. And, you know, for me, I was like, I remember that. The Feel Good Tour, Sebastian Bach, Skid Row opened up for him. And I'm just like, this concert was so incredible. And for Vince, I was like, I don't know, that was Tuesday. I don't know. All right, it was another day. It was another day for me. Another Mm -hmm. arena I played. I've sold 100 million albums. Right. And I'm like, great answer. Was he like everything you want? Was he like everything you wanted him to be, Matt? He, you know what? what? It's what? hard because he, he's he's a uh, you know, he's a golden god of a rock star. Sure, and obviously Motley Crue is no longer together. Um, yeah, Vince's. <laughs> you could have heard a Motley Crue song two days after their last show. Right. <laughs> Believe me, had solo tours going on forever. Oh yeah, I've, I've already seen him since oh, Motley yeah. Crue. Just yeah, no, yeah, he's on the stopped. Monsters of Rock cruise now. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. he's going out, and I, I'm, I'm like seriously contemplating calling him up. Except like you know, you better. He, he, he's, well, he's with a, a friendships. You know, I have no. a John Rich friendship today that I still develop because. So that's of what I'm saying is like you know I invited. He's a huge Ninja Warrior fan, so I invited him out in Vegas. Like Vince Neil shows up, and he's like, "Hey Matt, what's going on?" Vince, good to see you. But he played he played Sirius XM's Hair Nation tour. That's where I saw him. In Irvine. And so and I'm like, Vince, I'd love to come out and see you. Silence. Oh. <laughs> like, I would love to think the phone fell in, you know, like a in a toilet somewhere in the rock tour bus, but No Matt, I'm gonna totally, totally defend Vince Neil right now. Los Angeles, where they're from. Okay, oh, a local show. Believe me, the the demand for tickets, oh. knowing this band had about three or four local shows, maybe two after this. I would have been. I would have thought less of him if he had replied. No, Mark. But, but no, but, 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 <laughs> I'm like, fun. no way do I merit a ticket. No, no. way. But just just to ch- oh, totally God. be honest with you, and also a show that wasn't their own. You know, there was many many totally. tickets. It was a serious XM show. There were a lot of variables to that. Now, if if, if they were playing nine shows in a row, yeah. at, at the Staples Center, and you didn't get, I, then I would be, I, then I would ticket to. Uh, something different. Here's the thing, though, too. Like, I never want to. I I, I don't want to ask. I know. Them I'm for the same guy, dude. You know. That's why. Where, that's good. Good. Good show to pick to go on. Celebrity Apprentice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> dude, I need ten grand in five minutes. You can't write it off. It, Hurry that, up. That well, you're right. That that really was fundraising. Was was oh. an interesting challenge. It was brutal for me. But but again, it was one of those things where you know Schwarzenegger. One of his things is you have to put yourself in an uncomfortable position. Or you cannot win. Like, okay. You cannot win that show if you okay. don't do that. Yeah. You know. So how many people are left? You in it to win it? Um, se- uh, se- seven people are left. That's what and, I want out. And it's been it's been great. I just I was project manager for the second time Monday night for the Harry Potter challenge. Nice. Which, you know, again this was uh, this that's, is that's what's a, surreal. That's a, that's a thing of yours, right? So. I even I was watching Monday Night going, oh my God, I'm a dork. I went, I went so deep on Harry Potter, but 
But that, you know, one of the things people don't know is we have no idea what the next task is going to be. And picking right. your time to be project manager is very strategic. Yeah, because you don't want to get stuck when it's the strict, straight fundraisers. That's right. And so when it was Harry Potter, it was one of those things where uh, I, I'm i like, I know this brand. And it was, you know, no one else was stepping up. And so it was, it ended up being one that, that worked out. But very yeah. easily, it can very easily spiral out of control. It's a out of my way, surreal mind. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I did get, and, and I just, I love seeing Brooke Burke, who, you know, has, I've been like thought she's gorgeous she's for twenty amazing. years and Still. and just to see her going, boy, Matt is a nerd. Like, oh, <laughs> I, I guess this kind of take you to the promised yeah, land. I know, right? <laughs> so uh, I asked you guys to uh, think ahead at, about things that you might like to discuss here on the show. Basically, outsourcing my job to you, uh, Matt. Did you come up yeah. with yeah. anything? Uh, you know what? What's been really interesting for me? Uh, video games. I'm a huge video game guy. And looking at the and I still play. I've, I've just been playing bat, uh, Battlefield One on on Xbox One, and I just played uh, virtual reality for the first time. And to me, I'm I'm like because 3D TV kind of came and went. Yeah. And I'm looking at VR, and it's so interesting as we as we sit here on a satellite radio, which you know used to be cutting edge, and now we look at podcasts, and you look at network TV is kind of giving way to to digital and you wonder what could be the next thing and I look at these VR VR experience and wonder is this going to be the next way we consume media and I, I, I obviously I have no answer but it's it's fascinating to me as we look at as you look at the changing face of media more people are consuming it than ever but it's being so spread out and I wonder what's going to be um, what's going to be the differentiator you know the Betamax VHS or whatever it is but I've just been if you've ever played a VR video game or done any of those VR experiences, it is unbelievable how exponentially more immersive it is. Um, but I think it's hard. Is it visceral? It is unbelievable. You, you, it, it's the difference between you know seeing a, a picture of a place and actually being there. Like you really, it's that close. It huh? is. It is because I, I think you really start to deceive your mind and your senses. And like you find yourself, like you know, when you're scared on your couch, you're ooh. Right. In VR, you're like, oh my god, you're jumping up, right. your hands are flailing. Right. You can't, you can't do what I do with horror movies, but just look up over right. the screen and pretend. <laughs> and what's, what's incredible is, you know, and and they <laughs> like they do child. the 360 immersive sound, and so you really find yourself looking. And the great ones, you know, as you lean your head, you get this sense of this sense that you are there. Right, and what will probably lead the charge with the VR thing, it, why I think that VR will at least have a niche is uh, pornography, which, <laughs> no, I'm being right. always totally right? right. That will lead the way. I think there's already hotels in Vegas where you can, you know, rent some goggles that have hopefully been thoroughly washed right. since the last person who had them. And, and, <laughs> why and, go to Vegas if you can rent the real thing? You uh, get the goggles I, I know, at all. right? Good right. point. Who needs to Good travel? Right. What's the name? That's the uh, Posculum Pentagonum. What is the name of that Oculus? Uh, Oculus, Oculus Rift. Rift? Uh, yeah. Oculus Rift. That, yeah. Uh, uh, did you just cast a Harry Potter spell, Mark? No, Posca and Pentagonum is the is the scientific name for Peach, I think, or something. But don't ask me why I know that. Uh, it was a, one of our early band names. Um, uh, <laughs> was it really? <laughs> yeah, so I'm not kidding you. Oh, my uh, God. But it, I think if the sports games become really good in virtual oh, yeah. I think that's when it'll take off. Imagine, yeah. like, you're playing hockey. And, like, you're really on. Right. I mean, have, right. I, have you done that yet? No. I, ha- I haven't seen any of the sports. I would love to. Like, I... I I, I think that's the other great thing too. Like three, I thought three D could help with sports, but you realized the, the it's I, annoying. It, it was annoying. The goggles were annoying, and that that's the other downside too to VR. Though is after fifteen or thirty minutes, I was exhausted because you're you're not you know sitting there moving two thumbs like you know whatever you're experiencing. You're sitting upright, your head is moving, and you're wearing uh you know. 
three or four pound weight on right, your head. You're right. sweating. It was it was uh, 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 still a little bit too involved. And you know, is it going to be augmented reality? Right. Well, maybe that's something you can build muscles for. Right. You know, I need to. I need movies to. were probably pretty overwhelming in the beginning. You're right. Right. And the, the reason why I say the porn thing is because I uh, am under the impression that we would probably not have the internet as we know it had it not been for two things: pornography and uh, Grateful Dead message boards that people use to get in contact with each other <laughs> to trade live tapes. And that obviously wasn't enough to sustain it, but right. there's got to be that thing that gets You're you right. on. There's got to be that thing that gets you on, and I suspect or that gets you off. Oh, right, exactly. Hey, oh, hey. And uh, you're going to tell your you're going to tell your wife you need it because of this amazing role playing game. But the right. reason why you actually plunk down the dollars is because of this. You're right, and that's probably something no one wants to admit. But you're right. How far are they in terms of virtual porn, and what is the the what is the machinations of it? What what you know? What is it? What is it? What are these hotels offering? Well, I think it is an augmented reality thing, or at least ideally it would be where you're still in the hotel room. Right. But now look who's here with you, and you've got options as to what he or she or they can do to, on, or near you. And, right. and you have a sensory, tactile experience with whatever this thing is in your- Well, I mean, tact- a sensory, tactile thing in the, in the sense that you're watching something really cool while you're jerking off. Right. <laughs> right, but you- <laughs> Yeah, maybe there's deep a flashlight involved. Well, yeah, yeah, there's right. something it's touching well, do me. You remember, right. Do you yeah. remember the movie Demolition Man with Sylvester Stallone oh, and Sandra Bullock? When they were like, we don't have, you know, John Spartan, we do not exchange bodily fluids, and they just put the helmets on. That's <laughs> not <laughs> <laughs> we do. But we are probably headed towards <laughs> right. putting those goggles on. And of course then, we are. Right. And just this week, something came out about, and God knows if this will, this sounds uh, probably too gimmicky, but adding the element of scent to the VR. Oh, pool. yeah. Wow. So you're really there. Well, you remember that at, uh, what is it, California Adventure, the Soaring California, where they would pipe in the sea ocean, the, the mist, oranges, yeah. and yeah. then the pines? And it, you're right. I think that's such an underutilized uh, sense in, in in storytelling or immersive experiences. What a right. tough thing to do. Right. Have an oratory effect. I, you know what I mean? How would you even, but you know, I, <laughs> 20 years ago, I mean, you know what I mean? What, the cell phones 20 years ago were like, right. uh, you know, so we've, yeah. we've evolved so quickly. You know, I think five years ago from now we'll be laughing. Right, exactly. And, and one of the things that I wanted to talk about is actually kind of an answer to the question you posed, Matt, which is, you know, what, where is it going to go? What will be the new dominant formats if we can assume that movies might become uh, what novels are? Where right. there's just, there's certain things you can just do better with a novel than you can do with the movie and and there will always be things you can do better with the movie than you can with a VR experience. Mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say I don't want a choose-your-own Martin Scorsese movie. Yeah, right. You know? right. <laughs> but there is this this comp- uh, this company and these directors who are working on a movie with that is a choose-your-own adventure. Wow. That's exactly what it is. The guys who made um, – what's the Daniel Radcliffe? Daniel Radcliffe, this is a question for you. Swiss Army Man. Oh, right. Yeah. Paul Dano. and The guys who made guy. the, the yeah, movie yeah, yeah. about you know the, the farting right. corpse and all that were approached by this guy who developed the technology, and I believe they're working on something now. And they don't even know what it is yet because what is it when you are giving the audience multiple options? Is it that you can now – Say, oh, well, I like that character better than the main one. I'm just going to go follow them right. and see what they do. Is that's it? Wild. Is it? Which would be pretty difficult well, to film to any great, great yeah, extent. Right. But then, what about if uh, I might want to see, you know, Ashton Kutcher with Mila Kunis? You might prefer to see Ashton Kutcher with Scarlett Johansson, exactly. Right, yeah. And you can have it 
and you can have it either way. That's you know that that goes back to video games too. One of the things I was just seeing is there's a new Tom Clancy one coming out, and they talked about how they wanted it to truly be an open world immersive experience. And one of the challenges they had was multiplayer. That typically you're you know you're kind of guided by a rubber band as to where the people could go, and they want we we want you to you know we've. They've created this 30-mile stretch of Bolivia that they've created in this world where they want you to be able to go anywhere and do anything. But it's such a challenge for how do you figure out, how do you still cue people right. that they're not just lost wandering in the weeds, like go this way. And and I think when it becomes into storytelling, who Favreau, I think John Favreau is doing, uh, he's trying to, with his new project, he's trying to do... Um, a VR experience, but it's just what you said. Well, I think the difficulty is curating that experience and like, how do you know if something's going to exp- pop out? How do you get everyone looking that way? How do you still guide this storytelling experience? That's, that's interesting. That's where, uh, well, you know what's interesting? If people are thinking about it now, it's happening. Right. You know, that, that's what's so scary. If it's in the thought, if it's in the thought process, it's going to happen. Right. That's what, I mean, you know, it's like that all positive vibe, you know, the, the secret stuff, but like people are thinking about it. Well, how's it going to happen? What's well, going to happen? Right. That's what's crazy. If you have an Remember idea- TV on your phone was like, oh my God, it's never going to happen. That was right. 10 years ago. I know. If you have an idea for an app, odds are it already had angel investors and failed. Right. <laughs> well, you know what? It's going to be totally. a, uh, This goes back to Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> total recall, where it's uh-huh. that thing of yep. you you almost, you don't do anything. You you get the memories implanted or we figure out, rather than how do we stimulate the senses externally, how do you do it You know, in the brain neurologically? How do we just trigger the mind and, and have people have these memories? Well, you know, I go back to Inception, I thought, was a really interesting moral quandary where these people were, you know, who had these terminal diseases would rather go spend their time in a dream where you could be in Bali. Right. And it's like, wow, wow, if you could do that, would you want to live this ideal life that's completely fake or would you want to lead the real existence and suffer? I mean, people are saying we're already in a virtual reality. You know what I mean? It's right. just, well, so let's go to the Red top. Red pill, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> let's already go there. Right. It's not so bad. Right. I mean, I think if you gave the vast majority of people a choice between um, a, a, a a real life that is maybe something less than what they would have hoped for in an ideal scenario and a life that they know to be fake but that basically lives up to their hopes and dreams, I mean, what are people going to choose? But it's what are t- you going to choose? It's the Twilight Zone, though. I mean, remember? you're happy with your life. Mostly, yeah, yeah, yeah. P- publicly, yeah. No, no, listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen, sometimes your day is no better than a chocolate chip cookie. I, I get right. it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, if you have children and yeah. you're happily married or have got a partner, I mean, I think I think you've already, mm-hmm. 90%, you, you've won. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's just yeah. my G- personal Gifts to keep on giving. It yeah. was the Twilight Zone episode, though, where the guy went and, like, he would, every time he hit a pool shot, it would go in and yes. all the women loved him. And That's he was right. like... In the end, he's like, this is hell because there are no stakes. Everything works out. There's right. no, you know, mm-hmm. success doesn't matter if you don't have failure. Right. What you kind ask of for. Market. Right. And so. How do you know so much about so much? TV. No, but dude, you, you know every movie, you know every band, oh. you, you know every. Well, that's uh, it. It's useless, useless knowledge. No, no, like, it's, I, it's I fantastic retention. Me too. I love pop culture. It's, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I think it's. Did you know that about him? Do you know his, I did not know that. Do you know this guy's professional background? I, some, I mean, I thought I did. You right. were a doctor, right? All right. Technically, still, I'm licensed, right? So my, my dad's like, you know, you're still a doctor. Chance. You'll always be a doctor. <laughs> what what field? Uh, internal medicine. I'm licensed as a general practitioner in California. So oh, I got my MD. Not... I was doing residency, mm-hmm. and then bailed to come out and do stand up comedy. There's so many layers of to awesomeness to you, well, dude. You know, my God, I didn't it's, know it's that. Just, it's you and Big Man Bakes, the cupcake guy, who, who turned your back on uh, promising medical career. Right. right. Well, Ken Jong really stole my thunder. Yeah, there you go. Check. 
Well said. Uh, no, it's honestly though it, the 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 best thing it gave me is such a perspective on this business that you know as important as it is, as much as I love it, this isn't life and death. What we get to do is awesome. Well said. Like we're sitting here just bullshitting. Yeah, I know. Right, and we're having. I having mean, fun. I'm having a great time. I love. And someone's love getting this. paid for it, right? Yep. And, and it's, it's you guys. Just, next time, I swear, I'm going to try to <laughs> cut you a piece. Uh, my buddy, he's, he's one of the heads of an oncology over at Cedar Sinai. He's yeah. one of my best friends in the world. And I always tell people when I introduce him, don't blame blame me for being his him for me being a friend. But he, he does the same. He goes, God, your life's so awesome. You know, you get to share the stage like Dave Navarro, Ozzy Osbourne. I go, you save lives every day. Yeah. You know, who, I mean, I, I'm so yeah. enamored of this human being. Right. You know, so I, I he, 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 he was altruistic. He's still doing it, man. Right. So I guess. Uh, yeah, but no, I, 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 I guess... chose hanging out with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you and Mike. I'm like, this is so much cooler. Here's your first failure of the day right there. <laughs> uh, have you had any opportunity to use medical shit at any point? You know, since? so there's there's been on American Injury, we actually had a competitor dislocate his shoulder. Right? We, we, we had a one guy who drowned. And they they were looking at me like uh, this guy dislocated his shoulder, like uh, you know. At that point, it had been like thirteen or fourteen like, yeah, years. Man. And I'm like, yeah, what you guys? Like, what am I gonna do? Put leeches on it? <laughs> we actually had another competitor, Noah Kaufman, who was an active ER doc who put the shoulder back in. There, I was on a plane where they called for a doctor, and I'm like, I mean, I technically I am, but I'm not. And then did they you, asked again, did, 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 and so finally I'm like, bing. Yeah. What and were you? Like, what were you waiting for? That's exactly you were exactly because the I'm like I'm useless. For. I'm like I haven't practiced in a long time, and you don't have resources on a plane, and mm-hmm. so. But they're like, this person thinks they're having a heart attack. Now, fortunately, it was like a 27 year old who'd had like seven cafe lattes. I'm like, anxiety. oh, I, I think you're having a little anxiety yeah. attack, too much caffeine. Mm-hmm. But but they're like, should we should we land the plane? I'm like, oh well, my actually, God. I got to get back to LA. So, no, 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 <laughs> let's keep going. Let's keep going. <laughs> I, got, I got an interview with Tully at Sirius XM. Come on, Mike. Give her a shot. She'll be okay, right? Uh, no, fortunately, I, I've, I've been lucky. But, I, you know, it was a Have you memory. saved a life? I mean, back, well, I, I was involved in it. Like, you know, we, amazing, we did that. Yeah, it's it's incredible to be a part of it. Or when we did our rotation on OB, you know, you're you're catching a baby. You're bringing a life into this world. But I remember my dad was a, is a doctor. And, like, I remember as a kid one time we were in the airport and a lady collapsed. And my dad goes over and kept her alive, got her to a hospital, and, like, saved her life. Like, you know, which he did every day at the hospital. But just, in, you know, I'm sitting there. I was, like, four or five. I'm like, wow. You already think your dad's Superman, right? right? You know what I'm thinking? He really is Superman. Is. And That's... so, of course, I left medicine and I talk about ninjas. Yeah, but you know what? You got your degree. You got, you know, that's, that's all your dad exactly ever what wanted. My parents, you know what said, I mean? my parents are, like, no education's wasted. And I, I think the experience was an unbelievable advantage for me coming out to L.A. where this is, people don't understand this is a business of no. That's right. And if you come out here to have your ego stroked, it, you're coming to the wrong place because you're going to get told no 99 times out of 100. Everybody's beautiful. Everybody's talented. Yeah. Everybody can, can do better. And, you know, it's just, it, you're right. So, if you, But all you need is one yes. Right. So you but got, you but know it, helps, it helps to have something where, like, for me, having the M.D., yeah. Gave me a, a sense of accomplishment where I'm like, okay, I, I have a value. I have some external I validation. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm capable of something. So I think that that helped me when when this business kicks you in the nuts. Yeah, that's for sure. Right, right. Uh, I have uh, another thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about. This is completely out of left field. It has nothing to do with anything we've been talking about so far. I saw it on uh, Reddit, which was taken from Wikipedia page. And as we all know, everything on Wikipedia is 100% true. Um, <laughs> says Wikipedia... In the 17th century, people could visit the British Royal Menagerie, which is, I didn't never actually knew. Menagerie is like a fancy zoo. Okay, so you could visit the Queen's Zoo for three half pence or 
you could bring a cat or a dog to feed to the lions and tigers. Sure. Sure. Yeah, different that, time. Although different, different time. time. Different well, time, and that's right? well, and that's what it got me thinking about is they didn't think that they were bad people, and they probably the kids who went along. I'm assuming kids went along probably knew what was up and didn't really give much of a shit about it, or sure. else they wouldn't have kept on doing it. It just it makes me think about. I don't want to make this about oh people are too soft nowadays and we're too denatured and stuff like that. But it's pretty striking to me that humankind's were humankind was probably at about the same level of barbarism for several million years, and in the last couple hundred, we a lot of things that would have been pretty easy for the average person to handle mentally and emotionally are now right. things that if, if you saw your your pet, and I don't think these were pets, but if you saw your pet right. eaten by a lion at the zoo, oh. that you would not blame that kid for being on smack. Is it? You know, right. when right. they were twenty. Right, right. I think we're all products of our environment, though. You know what I mean? I, I and in England still they still hunt for sport with the rabbits and all, and the foxes. So I, I it was, it's, it was a, a, obviously a different world then. Um, uh, I don't know what the hell I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, I think it, it's great that we have the luxury of of making that moral distinction of saying, no, these are these these animals are to be cuddled. But who I, I can't remember what comic says it. Like we only care about the cute ones. You know, like we have no problem. Like when yeah. you go to right. To you know, and you see the fish being fed to Shamu. Well, Shamu has become an issue, but but like, oh, the, no one worries about the fish being fed. Like that's the, right, that yeah. animal because we they're not cute and cuddly. You don't have them as pets. Right. Chris Rock said that. Right. What happened? Chris, uh, yeah. Well, Chris Rock said, uh, you know, about the whole. Uh, remember the lion attacked. Um, uh, Siegfried Roy. Yeah. He goes, that lion didn't attack Roy. That lion just went lion. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? It's just like, uh, but but are you, are you actually implying, are we, are we softer as a culture? There's no doubt about that. Well, well, Look at parenting yeah. 20 years ago, 30 mm-hmm. years ago, then today. Right. I got spanked. I got the hell beat out of me. And now we'd be so, taken okay. away. See, here's the funny thing about that. The, the spanking thing, everybody almost agrees that we shouldn't Spank kids anymore, but do, everybody if, got spanked. Do we have a broad right. con- okay? Do, do we have a broad consensus in this room that you shouldn't spank your kids? I don't have kids. Okay, but if you had a kid, would you? Do you think it's okay? I, 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 I mean, I feel like if, if someone were to spank their kid, you know, if it's like not done, like I felt the way my parents did it was a form of discipline, and it was kind of the nuclear option of hey, behave. And mm-hmm. I knew when I got spanked, I'm like. Yeah, I probably deserved it. I was well, it also gave kid. you that ceiling. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? That ceiling is this is where it stops. And now parents, I don't have that with my kids anymore. Yeah. Like, they push me. You know, because I'm not going to, I'm not going to, they, they can play games with me. You know, they, they, they've they they've never seen me really go nuclear on them, yeah. you know? Um, and is that cool? Oh, but they're getting close. It's getting close. Oh, You're yeah, calling yeah. Uncle Gary Busey Daddy, on that. Daddy's in the Jameson tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but, but so, yeah. I don't have kids, so I, 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 I'll kind okay, of. Okay, if you see someone smacking a kid in, in, the, in the supermarket on the butt. Are you going to say oh, something? Well, see, that's different. But like, if if I see well, if if a, if it looks like a parent has lost it and they're slapping their kid out of yeah, anger, right. Then I think I intervene. But if someone's like, "Hey, come here," I told you, and, right. and disciplining them kind of the way I was, I, I I think I would be like, "It's not my place to intervene." Apparently, well, it's legal on the butt, right? You can you can you can spank your child. Is that actually in our legal code that you can't well, strike a kid? I understand you can uh, between the knees and like under the belly, like you know, being on the behind. It is legal to do. That's, that's what I understand. This is like the NFL rules. I, it's <laughs> you can it's real gray, and we'll yeah. have to go to review to no, check no, and see. No, you know no, what I mean? No but is it well? You are you a parent as well, Mike? I am. Yeah. So, uh, do you feel is it odd where you're like? That the courts would say you can't do this. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very odd. Well, what I think 
is strange is that we all there's a pretty broad consensus that we shouldn't strike our kids anymore but there's also a pretty broad consensus among adults who were struck judiciously as children that it was good for them right. and they deserved it and it was good parenting and, were you and, spanked I was. Yeah. And that's really and I, well and I, said. And I deserved it. Yeah. I don't know anybody that got spanked my age that said, boy, it was really out of line. It ruined yeah. my life. It was like that, just a sign of the time. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really interesting how it just kind of phased out and became barbaric, much well, like it, the menagerie. I mean, we'll, I'll, we'll issue the caveat here. Of course, no one is endorsing child abuse. No one is endorsing smacking your kid. Or, or, you know, I don't think like anybody's oh, taking yeah, advice okay. from us. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think it's great that people are asking the questions. and, and the doctor's got to qualify well, this. Well, no, you, honestly, yeah, it's you're a crazy a good guy. time we live in yeah, where you worry about it. A celebrity princess says, don't hit kids. I know. That's it. Eisman, I like kids getting kicked in the head. That's going to be on your post And I feed them cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like I think you said, it is a really gray area, and it's very subjective, man. Yeah, you know, um, my pediatrician told us to hit our kid if he uh, is uh, one of those uh, street runners. They say hey, this is a this is one, oh, this right. is one of the most uh, cold, uh, real things a human being's ever said to me. He said I have had patients that are not around anymore because their parents wouldn't spank them if they ran in the road. Yeah, right. yeah. No, so. I, I, so I've got I've got that in my back pocket. I, I feel like I like I'm, I'm like I'm like Trump. I'm not saying I'm going to nuke you, but all options are very definitely on the table. Like, I remember my mom, who I think was a fantastic mom. We used to carpool kids to kindergarten. My brother was a little older. She would have nine kids in a wow. two door car. No seatbelts. I mean, it was like stacked up like cordwood. Right. And now she would be taken to jail for child endangerment. Oh. But at the time, that was kind of considered the standard. So I think it's great that we're getting better. But you know, you you wonder what the outcome. Well, be, are we going to raise a better generation of kids? I certainly hope so. Me too. But uh, are they getting softer though? Right. I certainly think so. There's a picture. It's funny you bring that. There's a picture of my mom with a cigarette and six months <laughs> pregnant with me, going like, "Have the time of her life." You know what I mean? I'm like, no wonder. You know, that's it. mom. You're going to raise a, a son who's going to be in a band you now. Just saying, man. Come on. I had no options. All right, Matt. I think we have to let you go, McGrath. You're not going anywhere. Yeah. we're going to come back no. with you, Matt Eisman. Thank you so much. Thank you. God, yeah, it's a pleasure, what a blast! Matt. What a thank pleasure, you. dude. Yeah, likewise, Mark. You're uh, you're still standing, Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah, yeah, Woo! yeah. Yeah, Bruno Taglio. I'm, you're magnificent. I'm pulling for you. Me thank too, you. dude. Uh, yeah, we'll be back. It's the Telly Show here on Faction Talk. <laughs> We are back. It is the Tully Show on Faction Talk. Matt Eisman has made his leave. Mark McGrath remains. What a rad dude Matt is, man. I really enjoyed hearing him. He's pleasant. He's delightful. Uh, I also think we were kind of mentioning earlier uh, before and during the break, he's going to be one of those guys where his star is going to keep shining. You know, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger as people discover him. He's just a great guy. He's got a lot to offer this city. He's got nine seasons on, on a network show, and yeah. now he's on another... And that is the hallmark. Uh, I guess we forgot to mention that. I mean, this is not. Yeah, it's not really your, your style. I'm plugging his thing. Please, please, please. <laughs> oh, that when hallmark. You're done, when you're done, do you too? Okay. Hallmark House and Homes thing. I think he he does. And or you can catch me, Mark McGrath, on Mark McGrath's 120 Music mm -hmm. with a theme Friday nights 9 p.m. What kind of themes are we talking about here? Well, this week we're doing uh, cover songs, and we'll do anything. We'll do anything about boy bands in the mm -hmm. 90s. We'll do metal. Power ballads of the 90s. Uh, we'll do Longest Weeks at number one. Mm -hmm. We'll do something you and I kind of uh, talked about when we were 
uh, texting each other, uh, the follow-up to One Hit Wonders. We actually did that. You know, One Hit Wonders, what was their follow-up single that failed so miserably? You did it? You already, yeah. You already did the show? We, we did hey, it. I'm going to make you do it again with me. Don't you no, no, I'd that. love to do it with you. Because, yeah. by the way, there, it's an, a, just a gift that keeps on giving because there's mm-hmm. so many One Hit Wonders. Don't you want to know what uh, OMC followed up How Bizarre with? I mean, it's it's fantastic. <sighs> I feel like I ought to know that. There's now. no way you know that. No, 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 no. By the way, I don't, I don't know that. Do you know what? I shouldn't have asked you do, that. do you know what Wright said Fred followed up? Don't talk, just kiss now that we are in love. See, it's funny because I was living in uh, in England at the time where that song actually was got a hit. I got a fair shake. Yeah, That's got the a fucking real, crazy. I believe it might have gone top ten in England. They got a double dose yeah. of Wright said <laughs> Fred over there. What do you make of, like, what? where does 90s music sit now? Because in my mind, it was like this is kind of obvious, but it was like kind of recent for a while. Yeah, and now it's a long time ago, just like the '80s and just like the '70s. And I'm kind of like, there's enough distance now that I can wrap my brain around it right. a little bit. And I don't, I don't know that time will be kind to the uh, the pop shit, the sugar rays, the smash mouths. You can say it. I understand. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm part of it. I mean, yeah. I'm very self-effacing. I always say this. That's not what I was actually talking about, but. Because I feel like well, you weren't going Ace of Base on me, you know. You were. You're no, the sign is probably the greatest rock. single that yeah. came out in the nineties. It's I mean, fantastic. I think probably everybody Come can on. agree on that. Max Martin. Um, uh, the stuff that happened that to me was like the eighties hangover stuff. Yes, the eighties kept going, mm-hmm. and then you had your. Uh, and I know this is fascinating to everybody, but I, I care about it. It actually deeply. is. People um, love talking about this because I hear it in airports every time. You got your. You know the Paula Abduls that were yep. the tail end of the '80s, right. where you started to have that. Uh, the it's not New Jack Swing, but the shit that was happening that was not quite music and like not quite sort percussion. Neo R and B. There were a lot of blinking sounds. Yeah, you yeah. Know? The black and white videos and you right. know, Bruce and, Weber style. And then your 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 escape clubs. That's right. right. Information societies. Yeah. Um. You had your um. Oh God, what's the name of that band? That's gonna escape me. Uh, the The Breakfast Clubs. Remember those type of oh, bands? What was that one? Um, uh, uh, the Curiosity Killed the Cat. These are kind of mid '80s kind of bands. I'm mm-hmm. actually going mid '80s. Yeah. But I, I think this. Here's the thing about the '90s. The stink of the '90s is finally wearing off a little, and it took a long time, longer than most decades. And that's because the '90s never really ended. There are demarcation dates where the 80s ended okay Mm -hmm. and the reason why i say this is because the industry fell apart so Mm -hmm. you didn't keep making there aren't new bands name the last rock star i think about this quite a bit name the last rock star name the last rock star uh i my my default answer was probably jack white it's a good answer and it's a 90s 90s guy it is. He's a '90s artist. I mean, it's not, not. You don't. You don't. You don't look as a '90s artist, but he got a start in the late '90s. That is true. You know, so because I feel like Seven Nation Army, and and this is another conversation that I, I have fun with uh, inside my brain is uh, the what what will there ever be another Stone Cold Rock standard? Now and, it depends and, and, what you think of a standard, because to me, yeah. Twenty One Pilots, you know, are are, are uh, not, that's not Twenty One. No, they're that. Uh, they're uh, 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 now I'm stressed out. My mama said, "Turn back times to berries." On oh Jesus! But that, but it's a rock and roll band. Yeah, you okay. Know? It's it's today. It's two guys in a band. They're rocking. They're rolling. They rock hard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, okay, but I will tell you what I'm talking about. There's there's just sort of like a a a. a, a you talking a, about a? Are you talking about a sweet child of mine? Well, I'm talking about a blessing. I was going to talk about Guns and Roses, where when um uh when when your warrants and your Skid Rose came out, 
maybe the the Aussies and and whoever's of the world like those guys. Maybe they like some, didn't like the other ones. When Sweet Child of Mine, when Appetite for Destruction comes out, every, everybody everybody just goes. Whether this is my cup of tea or not, yeah, you're in, you're good. And then I think it was a while until there was another one of those. You, you have your Nirvanas and stuff like that. Um, uh, Rage Against the Machine to me was the next band that like by the time they were doing their second album if Bruce Springsteen was on stage with them that you didn't bat an eyelash That's it just right. made sense they were just accepted into the aristocracy of rock right. and roll on That's the right. basis of a pretty small catalog really it's just a one a, record really the second you heard it you knew these guys were just they were legit didn't care if it didn't matter if you and, and, and people certainly wanted to see i think um a rap metal band succeed but it's so funny they're so legit you don't call them a rap rock band i know how about that all Zach does is rap. I know. How about that? They even are deceiving on their own genre. Right. That's how good they are. Right. And then to me, uh, White Stripes, and particularly Seven Nation Army to me, is that's just that's uh, that's just in. If, it's, if, it's, if Ozzy tries to tell you, no, 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 that's yeah. just about, he wouldn't even say that. You wouldn't even say that. I, I, unless I'm forgetting something. I'm sorry. Ozzy doesn't like... Uh, now we're stressed out. No, no, you're right. No, you're yeah. right. I'm just trying to think because there are no more bands like that. But like, and like, are there songs out there that just aren't getting the chance because the machinery isn't behind them like it used to be? I never you buy know? that argument. Yeah, but like, we're not missing. We were missing songs. We're not getting the repetition. We're not getting the. We're not getting the volume of artists, and we're not getting the backing. Like, look, unless you're surfing all day and you're highly involved in web culture and, and the dynamics like that, mm-hmm. it's hard to mine for a classic. You know, and the traditional way it used to be delivered to us, which Seven Nation Army was, yes. that's how we found the classics. We mm-hmm. have not found the classics yet by you know social media and word of mouth. I'm sorry, because th- this is your argument. I'm making right. it for you. Well, so the point is, mm-hmm. when the industry died, mm-hmm. the decades and music sort of died. Yes, there's music, but everything's specialized now. Right. Is rock and roll dead? No, but it's sort of like jazz. It's a specialty market. And you there's now an established... Somebody wrote an article about this, this very thing very recently, that rock and roll is the new jazz in that very specific sense that there is now... Do you know where that was and what... what Publication? Uh, no. Because I've been no. saying that for a while and someone's still. Somebody, somebody ripped you off. Yeah. That jazz, the palette is finished. Yes. The colors exist. Right. And it's possible, I suppose, I don't know anything about jazz, but it's possible to get in there and do some stuff that is not technically exactly the same as something somebody already made. To right. straight, straight up plagiarize people, but the palette is, is, is frozen. It's stone. It right. is what it is. And rock and roll is now at that at that place it's 67 years old like like you know what i mean so yeah. like it's it's been mined to death and the bands like the uh the strokes and the garage rock uh revivalists they whether they realized it or not were conceding all we can do is do clever permutations of shit that's that's already right. done. We are going to just bark up wrong trees that, if we try to make really well said. if we just try to make genuinely unique new sounds. I still feel like there's going to be some oddball. I still feel like there's one fucking weirdo out there. Well, we have to have hope because we're such music fans. You know, I'd hate to see that's it. Like, you know, the Beatles won. That's it. It's over. Well, but they and, well, did. They did. It is they over. Did. No, it is. That's what I'm saying, though. Right. But, like, you, you, you like... There'll be, I, there'll be a guy... I there's a song. You know, right. Another classic. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like, I, you know, it's such a great point. When was the last classic rock song delivered? What was it? I, you're saying Seven Nation Army. I, I'm mm-hmm. hoping that we're just not forgetting one. And, I mean, is Coldplay... F- do they fall into that category? Is that guitars, I'm just so man. divisive? You know, it's hard. You're right. They don't have the the cachet where Ozzy's going. Well, Ozzy yeah. might say, but but mm-hmm. not not the object objectivity. Like that is a killer classic. You know, they have written classic 
songs that you will hear forever, yes. which in and of itself is a humongous Remarkable. achievement. Absolutely. They just don't happen to be to be rock songs. No. Yellow was. Yeah, Yellow I mean, do you put it on par with the, a Sweet Child of Mine then? So no, like, of course not. No. And is Chris Martin a rock star? I mean, what is that? I don't know. Was that me? Sure, he is. Yes, he is because the because the meaning of the word has changed. But yeah, I he, guess but so, yeah. so. So is Adam Levine. You're right. I mean, like if you look at Am I an alcoholic? You look at the twenty things. We're like, I'm eight of those. So like, you know, <laughs> it sort of makes me an alcoholic. <laughs> you know? So he's eight of those twenty rock star things for yeah. sure. Adam Levine's a rock star. Well said. He for sure is. Yeah, absolutely. He's also got his own section at Kmart. <laughs> When you're selling textiles, you're, you're beyond <laughs> that's, rich. That's, dude. Yeah, that's the whole. You're beyond rich. That's a whole other level. Uh, I think rock and roll is is. Don't say it. It is. Don't say it. It for sure is. I don't think it's just taking a break, man. Well, I think you're right because jazz was so big. Right. Jazz was the top of the pops. It was everything. It was that's what the kids listened to. And then big band and swing, that was everything. I mean, think the big band revival in the 90s. Think how like, specialized that was. And it made a little bit. That was everywhere in the 40s and 50s, you know. Mm-hmm. Everywhere mm-hmm. with Benny Goodman and, and it goes on and on. Uh, and it, and it, whoever thought it would just disappear. I think going through change is the hardest thing about looking back. Yeah. Because as you get older, um, you know, you've seen so much change. You're like, what's next? And you don't have a grasp on it. I don't have a grasp on the EDM culture. The first time in my life, I'm wandering in the woods going, "What? where's music? I don't know what's going on. And it's bothering me as such a huge music fan. You know, the need to know, and I don't know anymore. Well, and what I wonder about, we, we listen to uh, and, and, and make fun of new music on, you know, my other show, the Jason Ellis Show, all the time. Yeah. And it's become That's kind funny. of this it's this great. this parlor game of, of <laughs> which legacy act is now EDM inflected. <laughs> and first it was so the bands good. that wouldn't surprise you. You know, the I don't I don't know if Def Leppard did it, but you know, that's surprising when those guys will kind of dabble in whatever the current thing is for whatever reason. Sure. And then and then the chili peppers are doing it and you're like, Oh god, I guess this is <laughs> the tide is this is this thing is rolling downhill now. You know what I mean? There is no stopping this. And then I check out a new single from the Flaming Lips. And those guys are doing it, and I partially I think they're hanging out with Miley Cyrus, and there's been some cross pollination there. Yeah. But you start to wonder: Are these not pop rock, not sellout? Are these credible, um, uh, important rock artists? Do they even like this, or do they? Like Wayne from Flaming Lips is older than you are. Oh yeah, no, he, I think he's fifty. Does that. he get EDM, or does he? Did he put out a single that he doesn't even understand? I, I think both of those are 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 very valid questions. You know, it's, they, they've been kind of embraced by the EDM culture for their shows. You ever seen their shows? Yeah. It's like being at EDM shows. It's confetti. Right. Mm-hmm. It's him in a bubble. He's got, and pup- all he's the- got, he's got puppets. He's right. got glitter. He's, he's yeah. got tricks. He's got <laughs> tricks on show. They've been sort of uh, accepting It's like a that- children's party performer it is, with a rock band. But it's, but it's great with amazing songs. So they've been embraced by this youth culture. So I think... Yeah, I think there's kind of keep one. I think it's, I think it's both. I think yeah. they they're smart enough to know where they are, mm-hmm. and uh, you know by anchoring onto Miley Cyrus and, and and trying to stay relevant and trying to. Stay, I mean, I, I I applaud that. Listen, all of us swing for the fences and try to stay relevant. Like as much as you as as it's kind of embarrassing for me to say. Like you know, once you get a hit song, you get a couple of songs, sell a few million records. Like I wanted to be Aerosmith then, and I'm swinging for the fences. You know, in retrospect, it's easy to laugh at that. But when you know you have a few hits and you're selling millions of records, you're starting you know starting to sniff yourself a little bit. You're like, well, let's let's keep going. Um, you know, Smash Mouth felt the same way. Uh, and, and then we all tried to be legacy acts, but we couldn't. So there's still bands like Flaming Lips that are still just hanging on. And 
I, I don't look. Look, I, I I admire their hustle. They can they can have a really nice slot of Coachella, yeah. and we'll never be invited. Uh, you're you're a humble guy, and you're self-effacing to a fault. But I believe you're an honest person as well, and you will answer this question. What is the closest you ever got personally to your almost famous "I am a golden god" moment? Well, it, it's it, I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, it was we were opening for the Rolling Stones, 1999. That's and, a good start. Yeah, and every morning was number one. Mm-hmm. was number one on the charts that week and we're playing in Las Vegas which is you know, another great city when the, everything was new in Las Vegas like they had arenas now and Vegas just felt like you know out, out, otherworldly we're opening for the Stones I look to my right there's Mick and Keith watching from the wings I said I think I'm in the club man you know not not their club yeah. but I, I felt like I'm, this is what I'm going to do in the rest of my life uh-huh. even after Fly hit I was smart enough to know like Plenty of one hit wonders, right. you know, mm-hmm. and and I remember thinking when I was younger, I thought, how many records do you need to sell? It's uh, my young self used to think when you're 14, 15 and I, my, my best friend, McGee, I used to have discussions with him. How many records do you need to sell and never have to work again? And in 1986, we said it was 2 million. If you sold 2 million records, you'd never have to work again. Right. Well, in 1997, we sold 2 million records of Florida. Uh, off the song fly, <laughs> off the one song. Right. We are responsible for an abster, uh, single handedly. Um, and, and, I knew at the time there's no way that was going to happen. There's no way. Yeah, you didn't know the intricacies of, of major label deals when you were 14 years old at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Recoupable, baby. Right, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. And then when, when we had our, and we had a record out before that had to be recouped, and then fly hit, and blah blah blah. Uh, and then so um, you know we we made another record, and then that went triple platinum, had a bunch of hits on it too. And I'm like, Dan, I'm like, I think I'm going to be here for a while. And I thought, yeah, we'd be doing this the rest of our life, making records, because that was sort of the model back then. If you had a couple platinum records, you were making records the rest of your life. You're in the club. Yeah. You're in the club. You're mm-hmm. in the club. But the club yeah. quickly changed and, uh, and uh, you know, took a huge left turn. So that night in particular, I felt like I am part of This is amazing. Do yeah. you and uh, Mick and Keith still text? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny uh, that you get a picture with Rolling Stones when you open with them. You know, they're uh-huh. nice enough, but what you do is they line you up, kind of yeah. like uh, pretend you're on your soccer team in second grade or something. So you line up like this, and then they come in behind you. You do not look back. You, you feel them come in. You smell patchouli, pot, and weed, and, and like, you know, Bordeaux wine. And you feel them behind you. They take the picture, and then they disappear. And then and you look away, and like you're like, it didn't even happen uh, unless the picture you know, didn't come out. That was the extent of that your... was the extent. There's no shaky hands. There's nothing. I had the pleasure of meeting Mick a few times, and he does know my name, which is you know pretty rad. Of course, Mick Jagger, dude. That's Spicoli moment right there. Yeah. Uh, and he's always been nice and cordial to me. But you know that that is the extent of most bands' experience with the Stones. They have that that phantom picture. Yeah, I just read uh, Laura Jane Grace's book. Uh, oh, from, I'm dying to read from that. Against Me, and uh, and and uh, she had that experience. Well, she, she wasn't gonna speak ill of other bands that uh, against me had played with she just pointed out that dave grohl was like did shake her hand did yeah as if say hey i'm dave welcome to the tour oh wow to demonstrate that that is actually a rarity among bands that are touring together two national acts where one's just really bigger than the other one touring stadiums together for you know months at a time i, I would love that to surprise me but i know you know dave is, and dave is the, the nicest human it's boring to say that because mm-hmm. he's just he, he, you get in a room with him, you're like your buddy, like you. You start talking music, you start talking killing joke, you're just, he's just a dude. Yeah. You know, and I'm so happy for him because, you know, he deserves everything he's got. Well, you deserve everything you've got, Mark so McGrath. Sweet. So sweet, Tully. I've, uh, it's time for us to bring this thing to a close. And one thing I, I really want to say, because yeah. we talked about, I believe rock and roll is finished. I believe that, that, that there'll be one or two weirdos to squeak through, but, um, 
for the longest time it was so fun and rock and roll that there was always a new wrinkle and you never knew what rock and roll was going to sound like next year and I'll always miss not having that. That's so true. And congratulations to you. You got in when whatever you want to say and whatever you may or may not think privately about Sugar Ray, there was a that was a twist on shit that hadn't been done before and you are another little step in the progression leading rock to its grave so uh, <laughs> <laughs> dude you had me you sucked me right like a, that's really nice to end the way no know, it's true you know what i mean and i and i mean it absolutely i, I appreciate that and there's no one knows how uh, more lucky than uh, we are than i am that's for sure. so mark mcgrath you've got your show yeah. 90s on 9. Yeah, Mark McGrath's 120 on uh, Series XM, 90s on 9. Uh, we do it uh, every Friday night at premieres, and it's run throughout the weekend. You can also get it on the Series XM app, mm-hmm. on demand, mm-hmm. at your will. And we have a lot of fun. I tell some stories about, you know, songs that I wrote or co-wrote or people that I know, tour stories. You know, it's like a, a little bit of a, kind of what we did today, a little bit of retrospect, look back in history, and uh, where were you when this kind of thing happened? So it's, it's fun, and I appreciate uh, being here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for being here. We'll have you again uh, one of these days for now that is it this has been the telly show on faction talk